0: Yes, this is Recorded Podcast. We back. Shout out to my boy Lil' Duke. Shout out G. Merrick. Living Legends. Let's get it.
1: This is Recorded. Thank you for joining.
0: We gotta motivate each other, y'all. Yeah. Please don't hit my phone if it ain't about no commas It's our time like Lama, big body It's your time All we have to do for each other yeah, keep that 40 on them. Is what? Motivate 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 Motivate, Motivate. Motivate
1: good
0: morning good afternoon good evening another day another podcast this is recorded podcast that is um, i'm back at it uh thank you for everybody that's been on that august 4th photography and buying some merch, some Clayco merch. I really appreciate that. Uh, check out the Instagram. That's A-U-G, the number 4, T-H, Photography on Instagram or August4thPhotography.com. Uh, click the merch tab if you don't know how to get to it. But thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. I hope to make more stupid videos to attract people. That's the plan. But uh anyway, today I'm joined by another person from lancaster man i'm definitely showing the 661 the city some town some love that is man it's a return yeah. guest you know i got better equipment and better things so i wanted to give a another shot to another person and i thought was good and it deserves a clear intro he's a, like genius to me man he's one of the first like kind of genius level dudes i knew so please introduce you yourself
2: hello <laughs>
0: right,
2: everybody my name is Alvin chislin i got Good friend of Reggie, we we go back to high school, uh, back in Lancaster days, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be on the podcast.
0: Okay, so let's get right down to it, man. The Lakers, they did it. How'd you feel? Were you a LeBron hater when he first came here? Let's get that out the way first. I was not a LeBron hater, so... Um, as a kid, I think in like high school,
2: like for the end of high school, I was a LeBron hater back then because I don't really know LeBron. And I don't know if you remember back then, but he used to talk in the third person all the time. He was always calling himself King and shit like that. And that's just, that's why I didn't like him. But, but the more I followed up with him and like started to learn what he was doing for his people, like, I was like, yo, how can you hate LeBron? He put his whole team on, like everybody who was around him growing up are all multimillionaires. Like you can't hate that man. I was happy when
0: he came to the Lakers. No, you you really can't hate on him, man. And um, really, like, what you said right there, I want to put that on my vision board, just photos of different things. I want to have a photo of him and his team because there's nothing more amazing than, like, taking your friends and putting them on and putting them in positions of power. You know, they got the shop coming on this Friday, and they're going to have – barack obama on there man like they just they create the narrative they got people espn and different sports outlets creating the narrative on them but now they got their own uninterrupted and they create their own narratives so like this dude is just genius level i think people don't really understand like to take your friends i don't give a fuck how you feel about him in basketball what he did as a black man with no father figure coming from the projects Mom didn't really seem like the greatest sense of knowledge, you know. what I'm saying no disrespect, but he just really just did it on his own, and he had his mind right. And LeBron is just amazing. Yeah. So we got that out the way. Yeah. You were happy that the Lakers won,
2: man. I was ecstatic, man. It's <laughs> like i mean, I mean,
0: we we had a drought for like most teams, like
2: if they don't win a championship or whatever. But for the Lakers, like I mean, we we used to winning a championship every three to five years, so. You now, for us
0: to not win a championship since, what, 2020? 20, 20, 20, 2010? The yeah, 10 years? So that was, exactly. that was a big drought for us. And I mean, there was no playoffs for, like, you know, a while. And that's just weird being yeah. a Laker fan, period. Like, no playoffs is like, whoa. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that. But, okay. But tonight, uh, we're co- recording this on Tuesday. What today is the. uh. Uh, 27? The Twenty seventh. Yeah. Okay, so it'll come out tomorrow. Uh, so, are you predicting that the Dodgers will win tonight? And by the time this is recorded, they will uh, be champions. Are you calling it right now? Uh, I can't. I can't call it, but I'm, a, I'm. I hope so. So, if I had to put my money on it, I would say yes. Our,
2: the Dodgers bats are real hot right now, and so the only thing that slows us down is errors, right? mistakes and Robert's overmanaging so if he doesn't he doesn't get in his own way and we don't make any mistakes then we should win
0: tonight I think they got it tonight man I'm gonna fuck it I'm gonna jump out the window and say man congratulations to the Dodgers you know the city is probably gonna go crazy tonight because that'll be two LA teams Um, LA is gonna say fuck a pandemic Uh, I don't know have you seen Atlanta (laughs) on the internet it is fucking wild out here man (laughs) I, I know man like one of my good friends um she spent three weeks out there and she was
2: like she's like it, it became too much for her she was like yo they, i thought i was open but they're way open out here so she had to come back yeah bro atlanta california
0: atlanta's like the club and shit like if you club you know me and my wife call it a bummer clock they was like yo they think COVID is a fucking bummer clot, so they don't care they just be out there partying and shit and i mean none of us really knows what's going on with it but i know like a large crowd of niggas smoking weed and smoking uh <laughs> together and sharing drinks together is not a good recipe for germs no matter what the fuck it is it's not a good right? recipe for it but hey shout out to atlanta man turn up i guess you know <laughs> like do what you gotta do hey I,
2: man i ain't trying to be out there all. The like i i mean I'm, I'm cool with socializing with a couple friends here and there but I ain't
0: trying to be nowhere where it's a bunch of strangers. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like common sense to me, man. It's like, yo, uh, it's germs. And, I mean, right now it seems like most likely you might not die. But why the fuck would you want to test that? I just think it's really dumb for the people that want to, like, go out there and test it. Like, it's just a code and it's just this and it's just that. Well, you just don't know because you're not a fucking scientist. So... Like, hey, maybe you will. I believe there's a high chance you'll be fine if you get it, but it's, for me, it's the next person that you might be around that could possibly get it that you could really fuck up. Yeah,
2: that's where that's my thing. Is like, I, I know how I'm young, I'm healthy, I'll survive it, but you might give that to somebody who has like an immune disease and they can't fight it. So, yeah,
0: yeah. you know, as
2: much as I would rather be outside, you know, and enjoyed my summer, like I was, you know, think about other people for the for the, for the moment.
0: Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, a lot of people feel like, "Hey, maybe I'll be straight." And at this point, everybody knows somebody that had it and was good, and I think that gives people false confidence about just going out there wilding out being crazy. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people are not healthy. So, you got to think about that person that you care about in your life. That's not healthy that you could possibly give it to. But uh yeah. nobody's going to give a fuck if you feel you how you feel. You're not going to give a fuck. That's why I keep it real in this podcast, man. I caught it. This is recorded because I want to just talk about real shit, man. But how's the uh, pandemic been on you, man? What have you learned about yourself, good or bad, in this time of sitting still or whatever? Yeah,
2: hey man. So the pandemic has been rough, man. The first couple of weeks, I was pissed because I switched over to the event space um, in October of last year. So it's exactly after a year ago. And, um, you know, the events are big in the summer. And I was actually sick since October. So I was, like, super sick. I I don't know if I had COVID or not, but I was bad. And um, I finally started to recover around the end of February, beginning of March. And then we get the shutdown. I'm like, yo, I've already been in the house for four months. I ain't ain't trying to be in the house no more. And then, plus, I knew I wasn't going to affect my business because everything everything business-related was outside. It It was all sports and fitness events. I was like, man, this is crazy. And so I was mad at first and then after a while I just got over it and I was like, you know what? You know, this is the time to adapt or die, right? So I started picking up I started switching my 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 energy. Like, yeah, okay, I can't just sit around and be angry and so I gotta figure out another way to make money. And so that's what I did. You know, I started going back to doing marketing projects for people and doing IT projects for people, whatever I could to pay the bills. When you work for yourself, you know you are not get no, no handouts, no bailouts. State the PPP stuff is uh, it, it it's it doesn't it doesn't really work for solo entrepreneurs. Like if you have a you own your own business, and you got like maybe ten twelve employees, you might be able to survive on that. But like for me, like the government gave me a thousand dollars, like that doesn't do anything for me. So
0: oh, was just like, oh, oh it God. wasn't like the twelve hundred that everybody got that was gonna save all of us.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) 1,200 did absolutely nothing for anybody, but um, yeah, that's how it was, right? Like, I I know people that got killing, and I hope they did it the right way
0: because... Oh, they they coming for that ass.
2: They don't don't, don't, don't find you.
0: Oh, no. Hey, congrats. Hey, whoever's fucking doing it, hey, play that DMX shit. Party up, my nigga, because they're coming (laughs) for that ass, boy. They are coming. Like, it's so many like, athletes and shit that had little side businesses that tried that PPE shit, and it's like, bruh, y'all are going to jail. Like, I don't know who <laughs> needs to hear this, but your ass is going to jail, so you better fucking party like it's 1999, nigga, because your ass is going to jail, for real, because it, it's just like... I don't know why the fuck people just think they're going to get out. Like, who is in they like circle like hey man you should try this shit man yeah man they gonna give you some free money you like yeah don't worry about it this is the fastest roundup i've ever fucking seen in my life of niggas getting in a scam and they like yeah i want my shit back yeah I, all of it dude I'm like damn it's
2: crazy man like it's what the, the crazy thing is like all the all the people that are getting caught in my that i've seen so far have been minorities I do not really been I mean I know a lot of white people that do the same thing, but I haven't really I could be wrong, right? Uh, but every time I look up it's an NFL player, it's a um it's like a basketball player, a rapper or somebody. Like those are the only people I see getting caught up.
0: Unless your yeah, name know. is Kanye West, man, you ain't gonna like Kanye got a loan and he was straight. Like and he don't fucking need it. He keeps talking about I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, why the fuck are you getting a PPE loan then? So like I mean, I'm sure it's, like, free money, so that's cool, but, like, stop running around like, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, and then you getting loans and shit, but it's other people's money, so I guess that's the finesse. I mean, he's not
2: the only one. Jack Bezos took it, too. Like, it's not, like, it's, if they're billionaires, but they don't, if they don't
0: gotta pay for something, they're not gonna pay for it. That's how they stay rich. Hell yeah, yeah. But I just think that shit is wild, cap, and fucking corny. Where you just like trying to like parade, like I'm so rich, but you still taking money. But like you said, it is free money. So I guess an idiot would only not take the free money. But I just yeah. feel like you ain't gotta brag about it, like how much money you got if you still taking free money. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not really free. It's like an interest-free loan, so you ain't gotta pay interest on it. But like everybody got to pay it back. Some people just paying it back sooner because they got arrested. <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> Shout out to y'all, man. Uh, hope y'all get out soon, man. But uh, yeah, it, it's just it's crazy because I just been reaching out, man. I feel like a L- Lancaster got a lot of like untapped potential and good potential. But like as I left and I was talking to Daryl, you remember Daryl? I had him on the last yeah. podcast. Yeah, I remember, that. Yeah, yeah, man. And when we just talking, we was like, damn, Lancaster was pretty fucked up. Like, when you leave, you realize, like, hey. Yeah. That was a pretty bad place, man. Like, when's the last time you've been back? I have been back since uh, January 2019. It's been a minute. There is no reason to go back. Like, I took my wife to L.A. in uh, January of 19, but, like, i had no desire man like really like i eventually want to go and show her where i used to live at and stuff like that but like it's just i had no desire and then like when i talk to people they like yo it's really fucked up there like that walmart on the east side i used to work at they said it'd be like cop cars out there all the time and like it's real wild and shit over there and like i remember when it wasn't there and it's just wild man like yeah, what do you what is your thoughts on Lancaster? It's a it's a trap. <laughs> like um that's like
2: you, you get stuck there If it's like a time castle, man. Like and I'd be feeling bad, man. I I'm not even gonna mention his name, but like I went back when I went back in January twenty nineteen, I saw one of the homies working at the drive thru at Taco Bell and I was like, yo man, we in our thirties, bro. Like Yeah. That shit wild to me to even visually see that. Like, we grew up, grew up with these people, you know? Yeah, it is. So to see them, you know, down bad like that is, like, crazy. And then everybody gets have...
0: strung out on alcohol or drugs or some shit, and they just be like, same, damn. Same. Yeah.
2: Like, some of the people that we, we kicked it with is, like, straight drug addicts now. Like, like on the corner, you know, looking 30 years older than the cr you know, doing drugs. That shit's wild to me to go back and see that shit. It's so part of the reason why I don't like going back because I hate running into people and seeing, like, the stark differences in, you know, in our lives right now. I'm like, man, it's crazy to just even witness.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I think it's a lot of good potential and I think it's a lot of people that want to do uh good things, you know, but it's just like, you know like it's like you said it's a trap there it's like you feel like you're not going to get anywhere this is not LA and you just kind of end up feeling stuck and it's just sad you know when like you to really to prosper you got to get outside of there you got to either just live there and you work somewhere else or something man you can't have like everything there cuz it just it's fucked up but i mean hopefully we can change that and you know we can empower some people and i try to talk about lancaster in a good light but let them know the truth about it at the same time like it's pretty fucked up yeah. there man but it, yeah I'm, yeah it was, i mean we made the most out of it man like lancaster
2: like i've had some of the the best moments of my life out there right? and it's also like a trap i mean it's, it's you get both sides and like some people like get out and they like make something for themselves and then some people just they like get stuck in the cycle yeah i
0: was like man yeah i you know i I just think you know you know you got uh andre Crenshaw, you got a couple dudes that play sports you know and stuff like that to try to make it out and stuff but it's just like you know it's really really rough but i think it'll get better over time hopefully and shine a light i think somebody really needs to make it from that area and come back and show people like, hey, and show this city some love. Because it's like, nobody fucks with Lancaster. They don't want to be associated with that shit, really, once they make it out. I don't, It's crazy, like,
2: because I've been seeing people, like, celebrities that actually grew up in Palmdale, Lancaster area, that will not represent, represent at all. It's like, I'm from L.A. Like, oh, yeah, we all from L.A. But, like, you went to any high school. Not, like we know you but they'll never
0: they'll never represent that that's crazy to me yeah like paul george is from palmdale and i think he says something yeah. when the young man rest in peace had died i think he said something then like not in my own hometown but for the most part you kind of say like i'm from la i'm not really from like palmdale i think everybody yeah. tries to kick it like they from la You know, and I mean, that simplifies it. Like, I live in McDonough, Georgia, but it's like, I say I live in Atlanta when I'm, like, around or something like that because I'm not about to explain to somebody it's this far away and shit like that. Like, I'm not going to do that. But, man, Lancaster definitely, man, like you said, had the best times of our life, man, the roast sessions. We got to talk about the classic roast (laughs) sessions. And I think the best ones were teams, uh, you and Pooh, or your brother Chisholm and Pooh—like, which ones do you think were more legendary, man? man I don't know. Like,
2: me and Pooh used to go at it,
0: man. When we used
2: to <laughs> we got have like whole audiences of people watching us to go at it, like, because it was like Poo had like it took him so long to like catch up to like our style, like because Pooh came late and he came from L.A., came from Long Beach, so he had that L.A. style and that Long Beach style, which wasn't very creative It was like people would just say the same shit or like add like head ass or something or, and it was just like, we would just look at him like, bro, what you, that's not, that's not funny. And until he finally started like catching on, like, you know, we are creative out here. Like you got to come with some like awful, off, off the wall shit. That has to be hilarious. So bro, then is, he eventually
0: started to that, like grow. That shit. So I remember one time y'all, I think y'all two were roasting and of course, like, football games. I was the highlight of Lancaster, like, the AV games and shit like that. And I yeah. remember uh, he was just like... Because Poo has got, like, hood nigga, you know what I'm saying, roasting skills. It's like, yo, yeah. like, I'll beat your ass. It's funny, ain't it? Because if not, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> like, that's hood niggas yeah. roasting, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like, you know, that's, that's like, if people... Only real niggas will know what that be like. It's just like a hood dude that, like, the jokes ain't that funny, but it's more funny because he's a big-ass dude trying to make some jokes about something, and he could beat your ass, like, possibly. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, nigga, you better laugh because you don't want the hands because, you know, comedy could turn into hands. But, uh, yeah, man, Pooh, I remember y'all was roasting. He was like, man, I, I know you ain't talking out. Nigga, it looked like a motherfucker. You was in the back of the Sanford and Son truck. Nigga was cutting your hair and shit. Like, nigga, nigga, nigga. I was fucking crying because I was like, this nigga Putin is an idiot, bro. I was like, yo, he is so dumb. Yeah, and then y'all would just joke on how big you fucking, uh, like, uh, that he was. I remember that, man. My boy was wild. He was ready to fight the whole world by himself before. But we should go spread peace and positivity on this podcast. But shout out to him, man. I hope he's doing well. I hope yeah. he's, you know, Pooh uh, yeah,
2: Pooh Poo good now, man. Like he um he a family man. He he owned his own business. Like he just bought two new trucks for his trucking business. Like he good. You wouldn't even like compared to him in high school. Like it's, it's such a different person. Like you wouldn't even know the same person.
0: Yeah, and that's what people don't understand, man. Because you know we got family. And we watching kids grow now. And we just, man, as young black men, that age from, like, 15 to, like, 22, 25. Bro, that 15 to 25, that growth gap. If you could make it to 25 alive and not in jail, man, you done did something as a black man for real. And, like, we try to drill it in these young kids' head, Like, bro, you can't do that. You don't want to do that. Like, all that shit niggas be singing in songs and. Around the neighborhood Like that shit ain't it Like I done grew up Around some hood niggas And niggas that went in And out of jail And all that But I always knew That's not me I'm like bro I'm a funny nigga Like I don't do all that gangster shit Like I am not gangster at all I'm with the shits When it's time to be But it's like For me I'm like nah I just wanna pe- make people laugh And I wanna stand on my own too I don't wanna Be a part of no gang Where it's like Cause I mean If I do it I'm gonna go all out and I've seen a lot of times where a lot of niggas you thought was that guy was real quiet once it was time to, like, say something. I've seen it plenty oh, sure. of times. Like, <laughs>
2: I've seen that plenty of times. All the dudes that be talking big, and then when it's the time to get down, like, they, uh, they, they hiding, they quiet. Like,
0: oh, that can all that talk. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, because, unfortunately, like, the black and Mexican riots, people don't understand They pop off all the time every year at the high schools or whatever. But I remember this one dude had a problem with this big old Mexican dude. He was like, man, I'm going to fuck this Mexican niggas up. Come on, Reg, let's get him. I'm looking at him like, nigga, you the nigga talking big shit. What the fuck you want me to do? I'm like, nigga, what the fuck you mean? Let's get him, nigga. Like, that's you. I'm a civilian, nigga. I ain't never claimed to be in no game. That's all you, playboy. Like nah, that's all you. I'm like hell no, nah, nigga. You got it, <laughs> like for real. But yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't in
2: nobody else's beef unless they was with me or like they was getting jumped. Like I ain't trying to be a part of nobody's shit. Yeah. I remember one time Chris White, um, Chris White probably saved me from getting jumped because um, I don't even know if I, I, don't, I can't even remember the name. I think his name was Jeremy. But I just remember him with uh, Michael on his little brother. And I see, I see him getting packed out in front of a party. And so I'm like getting ready to run over there to, to let the, even though I don't really know him that well, I know his older brother. I gonna let him get packed out. And Chris grabbed me and was like, no, he's getting DP'd right now. And I was like, what? I was like, he was like, yeah, man, he's
0: getting DP'd right now. And I was like, oh, shit. Damn, well, you saved my life. because I would have went over there and got jumped too. <laughs> like, Bro, and people like, don't I, understand like, like, of course, the L.A. culture, if it's like an hour away, is going to make it to Lancaster. So what Alton is saying for people like, what the fuck is he talking about? Uh, D.P. is like a disciplinary action from a gang. Yes, gangs do have a chain of command. They have a command that you need to follow these things. And usually is from snitching. If you get caught snitching or if you didn't help the homie when he was getting beat up or something, you get disciplined i.e. DP'd, so when niggas get DP'd, you mind your fucking business, because that's gang culture, that's gang business, and you let them do that, like, I seen niggas get jumped in before, bro, and that shit is like, wow, like, for you, like, yo, like, you really letting these niggas beat your ass, for real, like, how is that love, bro, like, I don't get that shit, like, uh, y'all gonna fuck me up, and y'all, like, I gotta prove I'm not a bitch, like, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, the gang shit ain't for me, dog. It, it's not for yeah. me at all. Yeah, it for me
2: either, man. And I,
0: was, I was insane. Like, I was around that shit all the time, but I'm like, yeah, I ain't trying to be no gang. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't get it, but I'm just glad we made it out of uh, Lancaster, man. But shout out to Lancaster. Hopefully it, it does better, thrives better, and gets better, man. So procrastination, procrastination has been a word that's been on my mind and a big part of my life. I am a big procrastinator until recently, like the pandemic had really, really hit me hard. A lot of shit been going on in life that I even fucking started therapy and shit like that. Like, I'm like, bro, it's time. Like, so, but with that, I wanted to become better and I'm on that route now and I'm kicking procrastination and stuff like that. For you, you've always been like a really good student, and you've always been a go-getter. That's why I wanted to have you back on, and you wanted to create your own things. Have you been a procrastinator in your life, or do you kind of shake it and obviously get done what you need to get done? I mean, I'm still a procrastinator. I think the only time I ever really do anything well is when I'm
2: when I'm like when there's pressure, like when I'm my back's against the wall. Because what I'll do is I'll get comfortable, which which happens to a lot of people, like. You get to a certain level and then you feel comfortable and then you kind of rest at that level. And then you don't really move until things change. And so that's kind of, that was me this, uh, last year going into this year, like I was good. Like I was making good money. I was just chilling. And then all of a sudden the pandemic comes and then all my income goes to zero. And my back is against the wall and I got to like hustle. I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. How am I going to eat? So like, I've always suffered from procrastination. I was, a uh, like, I was a naturally gifted student. Like, I was never good at studying. Like I was good at just, like, okay, I can pick things up pretty quickly and I can kind of execute it to a certain level, but I had terrible study habits. Like, I didn't even learn how to study until my senior year of college. And I was just getting by on just, like, okay, cool, I can see this, I can figure it out. And then I had to just develop study habits. And so, like, I had I had a lot of issues that everybody else has. The only difference between us and and a lot of people is that I will not let myself fail and I will not let myself give up. So, even if I am procrastinating or things aren't going my way, like I got that resiliency to just be like, you know what? I'm not going to fall back. I'm not going to fall into this trap. I'm not going to get stuck in the situation. I'm going to just keep pushing. And so, I think that's kind of what's helped me get through because I still procrastinate. You know what I mean? Like everybody, I think everybody does to some level.
0: Yeah. You know, and I guess that everybody has a, I think, like you said, too, like for me, like I do best when my back is against the wall. But like the problem is for me is that, you know, I live a pretty comfortable life. But the thing is, I work for somebody and that makes me uncomfortable. But it's hard for me when I get home to really work and do something else when I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of good doing this. But the big problem is I work for somebody else and that's what I don't like. So I know I have to yeah. push myself. I, You know, today, I didn't have a podcast plan. I was like, man, I need to have a creative podcast idea and something to say. Like, podcast is one or two things. You want to learn or you want to laugh. I try to create both. You know, I try to do both yeah. and have a, you know, a positive, good conversation that somebody can listen to and they could escape from their reality for a minute, whether it's good or bad. You know, I just want a place where people could just feel free and just learn something and laugh and enjoy themselves, man. So I try to have good positive speakers on here, people that's doing good things and people I see great things in, man. And it's not necessarily they're like the most popular because, you know, it's like, hey, you should get this person, you should get this celebrity. Like, I want people to know, like, it's everyday people doing real things and you can do it too. You know, it's just like, you know, people don't believe it because it's like, of course, they're a celebrity, but like, no. It's people like you. Like, you haven't worked for somebody in how long now? 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you don't have a million followers and this and that, but you do obviously know how to do things on your own, man. So, uh, what have you been doing on these 10 years? Like, different things to give people an idea, you know, in these 10 years to work on your own? Yeah, that's
2: that's what
0: I think. It's been a bunch of different things,
2: I right? You get can... to, take those risks and try things and see what works. So first I started off with my strong point, which is IT consulting. So I did that at first. I was, you know, I was working for a consulting company. They were charging, you know, $1,000 an hour for my time. And I was like, yeah, this is insane. If they're charging this company $1,000 an hour for me, I could probably go straight to another company just like them and make at least a hundred. And I did. I was like, oh snap, this, this, this works. And then I started like, doing um, small business consulting because I worked with my uncle. I helped my uncle with his business. And I was like, man, this stuff is really easy to me, but it was so difficult for my uncle, so let me see if other people need his help. And I'm like, okay, boom, let me see. And I started charging people $5,000 flat or $100 an hour. And people would happily pay for it and I would get all kinds of referrals. This is before people were really running ads and on the internet, and I was killing it. And then from there, I was—I think I was making like 20000 a month. And then I jumped over and I started doing um, VersaFit. So I, I took all the money I had saved up and I invested in the VersaFit, did that for a few years, um, met a ton of celebrities in the sports and fitness space, met like a ton of celebrities in the uh, investment space. And then from there, I went I went into events. And then I think I landed um, $10,000 in revenue from my first event. And then I landed $40,000 in contracts for this summer. Obviously, I had to cancel all that uh, because of COVID. But I was just going out there and trying different things because there's always somebody that will pay you to do something for them, right? You have, that's the whole thing about starting a business. Your job is to solve someone else's problem. Like, a lot of people, they think it, I did the same thing. Like, I went super complicated with VersaFit. I tried to build this billion dollar app, the company invested a ton of money. In real life, a business is, can you solve someone else's problem? If you can, they will pay you for it. And so you just got to find a problem that somebody's willing to pay you to solve that you're good at. And a lot of people don't realize what they're good at. Some people think that what they do is it, somebody won't pay them for that. And with real life, they will, right? even if it's like data entry. right? There's so many like online gig sites where they'll pay you 25 bucks an hour to do data entry and then you're probably sitting at home or once to a regular job. That's paying you 15 or $12 an hour. But if you took the risk and you decide to do that on your, on your own and go straight to the company, straight to the corporation as a 1099 contractor, you're going to make more money. And so that's, that's kind of like the, all the stuff that I've done. And I didn't do a ton of like business consulting. Like I know where the money is at. I know business owners have money to spend and they need stuff done. So I'm like, hey, do we, I can help you out with your marketing. I can help you out with your strategy. I can help you out with your books. Like, I can crunch the numbers for you. And that's the way I get money coming in because people will happily pay you 100 bucks an hour, 200 bucks an hour, 300 bucks an hour to help them with their business problems. And so I try to tell people all the time, man, find whatever it is that you're good at and, and uh, solve someone else's and problem and get them to pay you for it.
0: Yeah. I mean,. And that's basically what you described was an entrepreneur to the T, is that they find different ways to make money, and then that big, big thing that I keep hearing over and over is solving a problem. Like, for me, like, I feel like there's a lot of podcasts out, but they're all talking about the same thing. We're going to talk about the presidential debate. We're going to talk about the Birkenbag situation. We're going to talk about everything else that everybody has already talked about. But for me, I wanted to create... A podcast where it's like everyday people or it's just funny or it's just a really an escape and you know i say some real shit on here that's why i feel like i wanted to name it this is recorded just say some shit that is like people may not agree with but that's you know it's a true feeling and to get for the guests it's a true feeling it's recorded shit and hopefully you know if it's wrong you could go on there and they we could record that hey i was wrong on that and i figured it out But mainly, it's just, like, my problem was I really didn't see no podcast for, like, everyday people, and I didn't really see any podcasts that's not talking about the same exact topic. Like, now, if it's a big topic and it's something really, really interesting to me, I'll talk about it, but for the most part, I try to stay away from that shit, and that's definitely harder because, like... Living in Atlanta, I could try to go out and find all the gossip and be out here and be out there and then tell the world, like, no, in Atlanta it does this. And I could go viral doing that shit. But doing it the way I do it, that shit's going to take a long time. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be hard. It's going to be a grind. But the thing is, it'll be worth it because it'll be like one-hit wonder shit if I do the, like, yo, this would happen, this would happen, and this 10,000 podcasts that do the same thing. But if I do a podcast with everyday people doing, you know, doing amazing shit or just really positive people, I think that'll long term last longer. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, all the gossip and stuff, that's
2: like a flash in the pan. Like, it's just here and then it's gone, right? But, like, podcasting is all about marketing. Like, one of the girls um, that's in one of the groups that I'm in, she launched her podcast in uh, January. In, like, three months, she was up to 20,000 monthly listeners, and, and now she's up to 100,000 monthly listeners. And it really was just sticking to what she was good at and what she knew, but also knowing how to market it and not being afraid of spending money to market our uh, podcast. And, like, she was like, well, she, she spent a little bit of money, but mostly what she did was she created a, um, a pitch deck. Um, and like, an, like, a, like the deck to like become a guest on people's shows but she did it in a unique way like her deck looks nothing like what a normal podcast deck looks like so she her deck was so creative that she started getting the attention of these people who have been podcasting for 10 10 plus years they see her deck like yo well this is dope like i want you on my show and in exchange i'll go on your show and then she just kept doing that with all these celebrities and like podcasters and her show just took off. But it's because she took the risk. She was like, I know what I'm good. At, I know what I do. I know that I also, in order to grow my podcast, more people have to know about it. So what's the most, cheap, the cheapest, the most effective way for me to do that. Spend a little bit of money on marketing and then build out a really dope deck and then just submit that deck to be a guest on all these podcasts that are somewhat related to what I do. And so I, as she became a guest, and as she starts to get this attention, like I said, she went from zero to twenty thousand monthly listeners in three months, and now she's got a hundred thousand monthly listeners because she just took those steps. She never changed what it is that she talks about. Like her, she's still about about entrepreneurship. She's still she's a female. She's talking about female entrepreneurship, and her her podcast just really took off. And so, a lot of people—not saying you, but a lot of people—like they 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 don't take those risks. They don't they don't know they don't they get comfortable and they don't know what the next step is like once you find out what the next step is you just got to jump on it like yo i, I want to grow this shit and if i gotta grow this shit i gotta put my money behind it i gotta put my effort behind it and then that's when you start to take off
0: yeah and that's what i'm figuring out now like i know with my photography and my merch and stuff like that like uh i got to you know instagram marketing i start doing little stupid videos and stuff and those shits take off. And the funny thing that people don't realize about Instagram is that you it's all about algorithms. And I can check the algorithms. And where you like, oh, this video didn't get no likes. If you looked at how many people viewed this shit, it's like over a 100 and something people are viewing this shit on something that got maybe five likes or something like that. You're like, whoa. So people are paying attention but whether somebody's going to click it or not. Like, you'll have somebody on your shit every day watching your every move, but they never say anything. That's why I love, you know, in the stories you can see who actually looked at the story and this and that. And like, then you'll see, like, damn, these few people listen to it every day. Because, like, for me, like, with your followers or whatever, 20% of that you there's probably going to follow you onto, like, a podcast or something. And I think that's what they do with concerts. If they can get 20% paying customers that pay for something, they know they can do, like, a 1,500-people room or a 500-people room. They look at, like, the 20% of that big market or something like that, and that's how they grow. But for me, too, I know I got to definitely put some money into it because, for me, I'm really getting my confidence in it, but even more than the confidence is the consistency. I would drop a podcast wait two, three weeks or something, can't come up with nothing. Then Like, no, while you got people's ear, if I'm dropping every fucking Wednesday, guess what? On Wednesday, they're going to want this podcast, dog. They're going to be like, yo, yeah. like, I listen to your shit. Like, maybe you only got, what, 30-something people listen every week or something like that, but I'm one of those guys, and I like this shit. And out of those maybe 30 people, you might get two or three people that'll actually pay. You know, and um, Patreon is a thing on podcast that you put your thing on a Patreon and people pay for that. Or like what a lot of people do, like Flagrant 2 is a, a podcast with Andrew Schultz and Say Less, my boy Kaz and Low Key. What they do is they drop a podcast for free, but then they put it behind a paywall and they talk about some crazy shit that they can't normally talk about where they could lose sponsors or, you know, they say some wild stuff that's not politically correct. They put it behind a paywall, and like with Flagrant Two, you know, they what they did was, you know, they might use, you know, the old school f word that rhymes with maggot. They might use that. They might say a lot of crazy stuff about women and all that, but they put that behind a paywall. And right now, I think that paywall is up to seventy thousand a month. It might be more than that. But the Patreon actually tell you how much the podcast makes a month or how many listeners they have so you could do the math yourself. So yeah, they're up to yeah. like probably seventy thousand, a hundred thousand a month from their like Patreon. That's not including merch. That's not including touring when he was touring, like that's not including none of that, man. But for me, you're absolutely right. I mean, until if I don't believe in my shit because I wasn't dropping it every week, nobody ain't gonna believe in it, so for me, I really gotta, that's why I've really been like, yo, I stopped a free class, like, Sprite really put their money where their mouth is, and was invested, I go to Camp Kirk Studios a lot, and they do, they do free classes, and free up their uh, studio space, because Sprite gave them money to help out the black community, so shout out to Sprite, and shout out to Camp Kirk Studios, that always helped me, man, but, speaking of that, and like, Money and stuff like that, financial literacy, you're really good with that. Where did you find that at? Yeah. Because usually in the black household and stuff like that, it's not really taught like that for most people. Not all, but for most people you gotta kinda find out your money situation on your own. Yeah, man, like it's I mean, for me it's kind of a combination of two things. Combination
2: of, of real world experience plus uh, my civics and econ class. I know a lot of people say they don't they didn't learn anything in high school, but I feel like it was the opposite. I feel like maybe people just weren't paying attention. But in high school, I learned about the value of money. And then at home, I definitely learned about the value of money. That's probably why I'm so rebellious. Like my mom started forcing us to like pay for our own stuff at fourteen. And I've been working since I was like twelve years old. like I had my my neighbor. Um, He would always have yard sales and like, I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go help him with his yard sale. He paid me $5 an hour to help him. I would go walk around my neighborhood mowing lawns because I had to pay for my own stuff. Like anything that I wanted outside of food and a place to live, my mom made me pay for it. So I knew that if I wanted a, if I wanted a PS2 back in the day, I had to pay for it. I bought my own PS2. I, I bought my own TV. I bought all all the movies and stuff I wanted to watch. Whenever I wanted to go out and hang out with my friends, that was all my money that I had earned from doing jobs around the neighborhood. And because my mom, you know, forced me to do that, I was very aware that you know I had to work for everything that I wanted. And then in civics and econ, um, my my AP civics and econ teacher was like, "Yo, you gotta, you really gotta be be careful with you know money. You know, you can't just like spend it and blow. When you go off to college, you're gonna get a big lump sum of money." student loans like grant money you're gonna get all this money and you're not gonna know what to do with it don't blow it you gotta budget it to pay your bills do xyz like all that stuff has to be taken care of and i listened to that and i paid attention to that and so as i got older it was like i already learned those experiences because someone else had failed failed already doing it i still did stupid share my money every now and then because I, i mean anybody does but but for the most part like that's where my foundation came from like my civics
0: and econ teacher and
2: then my mom forcing me to work for everything
0: that I wanted and you know what that's beautiful that you you know you said that there is there was in your home an idea of like hey I'm going to teach you the value and I think that's what it is it's like you know kids got to really feel it you got to get them in the habit of saving money like hey you got you know $20 well taxes is going to take 5 10% of that or something so you really ain't got $20 you got this much money and like You need to teach them saving tips, and you need to teach them how important it is. You know, like, I'm just not going to give you this. You got to work for this. So, it's really refreshing and good that you had that in your household, man. But I definitely knew your brother, uh, Chiswick, your sister, Ebony, man. And it seemed like, yeah, they had their head on, and they seemed like they knew, like, yeah, I'm not about to blow my stuff on dumb shit. Like, I need to really save my money man but speaking of saving people man i'm not a political podcast but i won't do another podcast until like election night or something like that Uh, i fucking hate politics personally because i think it's full (laughs) of shit Uh, and i think that uh everybody should try to save themselves you know and stuff like that but for me uh i was one of those people that was like yo I don't believe in voting fuck that, whatever, whatever. But my wife, she made a good point of like, hey, you know why I vote? I vote because like, you know, black people didn't really have this chance to vote at one time. So Mm -hmm. she votes. And then she said, even so, with me being a black woman, we really had it bad because black men could vote before black women ever could vote. So and women, period. So I was like, you know what? You're right. I'll use myself as a vessel Whether I believe this shit works or not, this electoral college, this, that, the worst of two evils between, you know, Biden, Trump, whatever, whatever, like, I don't get into all of that. I really feel like, honestly, that uh, if it does work, I want to try to play my part, but in the end, nobody ain't going to save you but you yourself, and that's it. Not your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, mother, daughter, chicken, fucking duck, anybody. It's you. You have to fucking save yourself. And a lot of people get wrapped up in politics. And of course, Trump don't give a fuck about nothing. Like, the funniest shit in the world to me is the whole poor white people thinking that Trump really gives a flying fuck about any of them. The- I live in the South, so I see this shit like crazy. But I heard in Lancaster and Palmdale is going wild too with the white people. And even worse, some Mexican people yeah. thinking that Trump is like for them. Have you seen that shit too? I mean, yeah, I mean, Lancaster, Palmdale, unfortunately, has
2: always been a conservative area, so I'm not even remotely shocked by that, and I live in Orange County, so this is definitely a conservative area, so, I mean, they fly Trump-Pence flag around here, like, like the, more than the American flag, so I see that all the time, but out here, at least, um, it's definitely, these are all wealthy people, right, this is, this is Orange County, this is Newport Beach, so everybody
0: flying these Trump pants, flies around, like, living in multiple uh, homes. So, yeah, he, he's helping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You he know <laughs> really helping everyday person. Yeah, I mean, and people like you or something like that, you know, people with money, they're like, fuck, I don't want my taxes to go up as far as, like, Biden and shit, but they know Trump ain't really shit. But the whole thing for me is like, bro, figure it out for yourself because taxes ain't going no fucking where, and that's the main thing that everybody cares about. More than anything else, all that moral shit. Moral is for like people who's not like people are not really making as much money. They caring about like oh well morality and stuff like that. But people with money, they don't give a fuck who's the president because they are like yo, I'm trying to figure out who's gonna be best for me, and it's mainly Republicans and they everybody. Like, Little Duval, shout out to Little Duval. He said, everybody a Democrat till it's time to go to them fucking polls. So everybody is, is some people out here that have been bashing Trump on Twitter, Instagram, and every chance they get. But when they get to that fucking poll, you best believe they make America fucking great again. When they get in that bitch, you know it. You know it, man, but yeah. yeah. Enough about the politics rant. I just think all of it is full of shit, but you have to do what's best for you. <laughs> Honestly, man. Honestly, man. But, yeah, I you know, and just, just speaking of, like, different, like, being around different white people and stuff like that, like, for some of them, not really the poor white people that be flying these Trump flags and shit like that, because, uh, you know, a lot of them are mad at, like, why am I not privileged? And why do... The Mexicans steal the job. And then why do the black people get these high-ranking things? They're mad at that. So that's why they eat up that Trump shit. They love that Trump shit. Because they're mad. They want something to blame. They want their white skin not working for them to blame it on something. And Trump gives them ammunition for that shit. So that's why they fucking love it. But for me, I work around some white people that, you know, I'm learning from a young age. they getting taught about the stock market. they getting taught about... Um, you know, having multiple properties and stuff like that, man. Like, you know, the the some white people or some that I've been around, it seems. You know, I I hear stories of the father giving them land, you know, for their birthday, you know, giving them in building a house for them from land that they have. Like, I heard all these kind of fucking stories. But uh, what do you think is gonna take for us to change that narrative for us into like? bring up the black community to like really change like i feel the shift i feel there's more black entrepreneurs social media black people are magic we're entertaining so like social media was gold for us and it's really creating a yep. way for a lot of us to make our own way and do our own thing just like the versafit idea i thought was amazing you know to meet up with people in your area that sounds like a billion dollar idea it really does honestly yeah. and truly But what do you think is it going to take for, you know, us to really turn that corner for real?
2: I mean, we got to be united. I mean, black people aren't a monolith, but black people also are very divided. Like, everybody is fighting each other instead of fighting for the same cause. If you look at, like, other races that come here and succeed, they keep their dollar within their community. There's very little leakage of their dollar to other communities. The black community is almost 100%. It's like 98% or something like that of black dollars don't stay in the black community. So in order for us to make that change, we got to realize that, right? Like well, segregation, like before segregation, like we were, we were balling. Like we were killing because all the black money stays within the black community. But I mean, I found saying that we need to go back to that era, but we need to go back to that financial type of mindset. Right. And then, and then also, we can't just do black business with black business owners just because they're black, right? You also have to provide a high level of customer service and high level of quality. And I think that will eventually help us, you know, close that gap in the in knowledge. Cause like I, I, I give people knowledge all the time for free and they take it and they throw it in the trash. And I, it sucks that the only time people actually learn, especially when they're black for me at least, when I take on black students is when they pay me because now, now they're investing. But I've, I've put up so much free content. Like if you go on my, my um, YouTube page or you go on my Instagram page and you see all the content I put up there that really will take, people can actually take that and use it to make money. Instead, these people, eh, okay, whatever, keep scrolling. What's, what's hot? Oh, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this new Birkin bag. That's $100,000. Like the, the mindset is, is still off.
0: And it all starts you know with education and, and unity yeah and i and i think that's what it is is that i think that we didn't have for so long that even when we do have mentally we don't have meaning that you think a birkin bag multiple cars multiple jewelry this and that is like balling but what's really balling is generational wealth where what's more important how many chains you got on or how many years your family gonna be able to eat off a business move you just pulled off. If you were doing VersaFit and that shit sold for a billion dollars, y'all probably won't ever be able to run out of that money. Like, for year, your great, 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 great grandkids, even if they fucked it off, could not fuck off the billion dollars that you made. If yeah, you... you can't, yeah, I mean... You gotta be skilled to fuck off you, a billion you dollars. You have to be a legendary <laughs> fuck-offer like, to really do that. Like... You really have to be amazing at just blowing money, and that's some real shit. and that's what people fail to realize because what they do is, you know, take entertainment, music, of course. The number one raping and pillaging of people our people from the beginning of time. There's nothing that makes me more sad than when an old song is so hot right now, but the reason why it's hot is like, is old and it's good, but the people that made this song probably got paid in a Cadillac. They didn't have financial yeah. literacy to know, like, hey, maybe I need to have my paperwork right because if I have my paperwork right, I can eat off this forever. If you have a song that's yeah. big as shit, you can eat off it forever if you do it properly. But if you just sign your life away for a quick $1 million, when you could have been worth 100 and $200 million. People just fuck themselves off because they don't have financial literacy. And, like, for us, what you said is completely right. For me is that I used to get mad because I wanted to do something for the kids in the area. And I was telling a dude at the barbershop, like, we need to do this. You know what I'm saying? We need to be free. It need to be for the kids. And he was trying to tell me, and I didn't want to hear it at the time. He said, yo, check this out. If you don't charge some kind of money, they're not going to come. They're not going to honor it. And what you said was absolutely right. It was like, bro, if you don't put money behind it, they just fuck it off. But when somebody invests their money in it, they're like, oh, hold on. Fuck that. I'm paying for this. Like, no. Uh, I'm going to actually go to this. So it's like, you're absolutely right. Everything you said, man. And like, Killer Mike has a show Everybody has Netflix Uh, Trigger warning And you should watch it about him Trying to just live black For I think a weekend He had to do everything black Black bank Black transportation Black weed He couldn't find no weed in Atlanta He couldn't do all these things I suggest everybody does it And he said that You know he breaks it down And uh, one community is 24 days in the Asian community, I think it's like twenty-four days. In the white community, a Jewish community, it's like sixteen days. In this community, it's like ten days. The black community, six hours, not days.
1: Yeah.
0: Hours. Six hours, is how long the black dollar stays in the black community. Six hours. So, yeah. it's just crazy, man. Like, really trying to change that idea, but I think you know more people like you and then i think really social media if used the right way is a very very good tool to create that wealth because you got people that you know we knew a man if we had social media back in them days of just roasting and shit like that we would have been great like oh we could have started a yeah. hey let's start a podcast let's yeah. start a show let's you know, start this that's crazy because i've
2: been i've been pitching that to the homies for like like three years, three, less than more than that shit. Like, this is also an undergrad. I was still at UC Irvine when I was telling the homies, like, yo, man, we got to come up with a show. But I've been talking about it recently with Nico and, um, shout out to Nico. And then, um, I, I just wanted to like, like, yo, brother lessons. Dude, like, we can, we can just go back and retell our stories. Like, that shit is so priceless. Like, our, growing up in Lancaster, was one of the most hilarious things, like, I've ever experienced in my life. Like, the jokes, the crazy situations you see happen that you'll never that you'll never see happen anywhere else. and like, oh man, we could turn this shit into pure entertainment. That's what people are on the internet for. They're there to consume entertainment. And I want the podcast to be a two-day-a-week podcast. One day, it's business. It's shit that'll help you, like business and, and um, current events. And one day, is just like, let's just tell crazy stories from our childhood. Because that shit is entertainment. Man. And I'm still going to do it. I mean, I was just trying to, you know, get the homies in to help out with it, but don't nobody really be pressing as hard as I do. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm serious. Like, let's go, let's get this shit done.
0: Nah, man. Like,
2: like you said, man. Like, if we'd had, if we'd had cell phone cameras at the quality we have now, back then,
0: A.V. <laughs> high school as a whole would be rich. Like that shit was pure comedy. Yo, and it was like a ghetto ass comedy spot, man. I remember just. Stupid shit too. Like I remember my boy Marcus man once one time like that little hill that you walk down where people used to sit at, uh, going towards the cafeteria. I remember him like setting up a string and just pulling that shit when people walk by. Just stupid shit like that. It'll just be like, yo, if we had that shit on live, like at fucking lunchtime, or we just recorded that shit and then threw that up, we'd be like, Yo, this shit went viral. These niggas are tripping people at lunch and some shit like that. Or, like, you know, the record label, like, people don't know it was a whole, like, record label gang shit, like, because gang culture is all over L.A., so everybody used to claim like a record label, like Rockefeller or Murder, Inc. or Rough Riders or some shit, and they would have brawls, like, play fighting, but really just be fucking each other up, like they banging a set or something, man, it was just stuff like that that could have just went viral, you never know, man, black people are fucking creative and amazing, and, especially in the hood and shit like that. It's just so much. Man, It's so much greatness and I think man we're we're going to be good, man. But before we get out of here, I know you were telling me something about uh drop shipping. You was working on that.
2: Yeah, so that's that's definitely some knowledge I can draw for a lot of people right now. So, especially during the covid times, everybody's at home, spending their time on the internet, buying shit on the internet. And I've had a few people say, Well, why would anybody buy from me instead of buying from Amazon or buying from Walmart? Like, because you run ads, right? Because they see your they see your, your ads. That's why they'll buy stuff from you. Um, and drop shipping means that you don't have to carry any inventory. There's literally tens of thousands of companies in the United States that offer um drop shipping, which basically means they keep the inventory. You, you create a website, you showcase all their products. Somebody comes, they buy the product from you, you keep the money, you take a part of that money and you pay the wholesale price to the dropship company, and then they ship it for you. So say, for example, you are selling a Sony TV, right? You're selling it on your website, it's a 60-inch TV for $1,000, right? Sony is only charging you 300 for the TV, but you sell it on your website for 1000 you keep seven hundred. You give Sony three hundred. Sony will then ship the TV straight to your uh, your customer. Now you all you did was have a website and run ads, and that's it's it's a, it's basically such a low cost to start up. And I don't understand why a lot of people don't you know. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people doing it drop shipping, but there aren't a lot of people of color doing drop shipping sites. Or they'll try to do drop shipping for things that are too saturated. They're like. Try to get clothing. Everybody has a clothing brand. No offense to people have clothing brands, like my brother has one, my cousin, everybody. But it's like you can't make money drop shipping doing that. But that's kind of a uh, an addition to your business. So what I've done is I put together a course, and in this course, I teach people how to do that, both using United States companies and China companies. How to basically find the product that's going to sell, run it through some criteria. So okay, I know this is going to make me some money. And then teach you how to create ads for it, how to run it online, and I gave you a free list of a thousand U.S. based companies that you can contact and they accept drop shipping. So you don't have to worry about paying for inventory and sitting on inventory that's not selling. You kind of just you 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 log into their website, you make a partnership with them. You don't pay them anything unless you sell something, and that's the best way to make money in this time because one because you're you're only selling stuff once they once once people buy it. And then once you can buy enough of it, that's when you can start taking on inventory. So say you find this really cool product that this company sells and then you sell it with your brand on it. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's just selling like wildfire. Then you can go and order a whole bunch of it in bulk and get a better rate and then sell it more. Cause mostly when you're drop shipping, you're looking at a 25% or 20 to 20 to 30% profit margin versus if you're selling wholesale and you're actually making the product yourself, you're looking at closer to 50 or 60, but Dropshipping is a great way to start if you don't want to carry inventory. And I'm teaching people how to do that from from the beginning, make a bunch of money, and then get rid of it. So I actually took one business to $20,000 a month in revenue in six weeks. I took another business from zero to $40,000 in revenue in a month. So once you kind of get the hang of it and you can kind of just take off, I mean, you're you're just making money at that point. And so if you're looking at $40,000 in revenue, that's about eight thousand dollars a month in profit, and a lot. Of, I know that's more money than a lot of people are making at their regular jobs, right? And that's just a side business. You can turn that side business into a full-time business. And again, like I said, I teach everybody, teach all my students how to do that in my my course. And right now, um, it's not it, the the public version isn't done yet. Like I've only been doing it for one-on-one clients, but I'm gonna have a public version that'll be out within the next week or so.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. Now, where can they get in contact with you? So, you guys can find me on Instagram
2: at Alton Shrivlum. That's A L T O N C H I S L O M. And just send me a, a DM. Either put drop shipping or put this is recorded, and then I'll know where it's from.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh yeah, let me act like I got a fake offer code. This is put in an offer code. This is <laughs> recorded and it'll support me. Nah, man. Go go support yourself, man. Go support my oh boy Alton. i drop
2: I'll drop another gym. Um I like dropping gyms, especially on small podcasts, because this is where people that are really paying attention can make a killing. So everybody knows that you can start an Amazon store. Amazon is the biggest company in the world right now worth down there a trillion dollars. Amazon's marketplace is oversaturated. Walmart, which is basically like close to the second biggest company in the world, has created its own marketplace and started a couple of years ago. They only have 50,000 sellers on there. And they actually, will. you can create a store on Walmart the same way you can on Amazon, except Walmart doesn't charge you for that because Walmart wants to chew up market share so they can compete with Amazon. So this is the perfect time to create a, a store on walmart.com and drop ship your products through Walmart. So you already have an existing platform. You don't have to create your own website. You just build it there, and you can you know, get free traffic from Walmart. Walmart will send people to your store because they want you to succeed,
0: and you get paid every two weeks. So it's just like, just like collecting an extra paycheck. Wow. Now that is some game because literally – You know, I uh, had some Clayco merchandise in a little city that's kind of like Lancaster here that I was selling. And it was like I looked when I was trying to develop it and I was like Amazon kind of they want a nice little cut. So what I did was use a drop shipping company for clothes, which we gonna drop gems on a small but growing podcast It's called Printful. And what Printful does is you come up with a design and you come up with everything. And what they do is they press it up and they hold it. And they print it for you and you can disguise it and make it seem like, oh, you have a warehouse in Charlotte, North Carolina or something like that. So people don't know where you're getting your stuff done at. And what they do is once I get an order through Etsy, Etsy gets the order straight to Printful without me doing anything. I just create the website. I create the link. I show them where to go. It, does, it They package it up and they send it to you with my company name and everything on it like is for me. And nobody knows. You know, like nobody knows like yeah. where it come from, but I also don't spend all that money in inventory and I'm dropping too much skills. But, you know, this is recorded in dimes, you know. But what happens is is that if a shirt is ten dollars and I sell it for twenty dollars or something like that, or however much I want, what they do is they charge my bank account off top for their cut and then however much I make the shirt i get the rest of the profit so instead of me buying spending a thousand dollars in t-shirts that sit in my garage and they're not moving like that they sit at their warehouse they get pressed up by their people and they get packaged and sent out without me even touching nothing and that's what people fail to realize and what you said earlier about the girl on her podcast is marketing is so important because if you can have a shit product But if you market the fuck out of it or make it popular and have the right people in it, if you had The Rock, the top workout person sponsoring VersaFit, guess what? The shit is out of this fucking world, you know? Like, it's all about marketing and doing it the right way, man. So everybody get those ideas. Please, I might have to get with Alton on this one because dropshipping, I keep hearing a lot about it, but I never take the time out to really learn about it. Like you said, like the free gyms. I listen to a podcast called Earn Your Leisure. They dropping good gems. They got killer Mike on there. I suggest everybody listen to that. But uh yeah, I don't take advantage of it. You know, I hear about these things, but you know, it's not sexy to sit and learn about drop shipping and it's not fun and it's not entertaining and stuff like that. So people are like, Fuck it, but we go into these jobs every day that we can't stand and we dread going to. So it's about, you know, us getting out there, shaking that procrastination and really making it happen.
2: Yeah, that's what it is, man. You got to shake that procrastination and find something that you like and everything isn't going to work, man. Like, like I've failed. I, I, I call it failure, but it's not a failure because I keep going I learn something every time. But I've had so many businesses that didn't work or, like, broke even or, like, my profit was very little. Like, I may have made, like, 20, 30 grand in profit on the business that I spent five or six on and I ended up shutting it down, like, you have to, like, the but the more you do it, like, you're just going to realize, like, oh, shit, like, I'm getting better and better because every single time the average millionaire fails at seven businesses before they become successful. And that's why I like to put that in people's heads so you know, look, man, just because you failed doesn't mean you should give up. Like, you shouldn't hang it up because your first business didn't work, your second business didn't work. One of my, um, one of my, uh, I can't, he, he was he was kind of a mentor for one of my businesses. He raised like 20 million dollars. Right, he had seven businesses fail, but he was such a good person that his last business technically didn't fail. His last business turned into a billion-dollar company, but he made promises to the people that invested in him, not the actual investors, but like friends and family that invested that he made sure that they got paid before he got paid. So he made nothing. He, he, his company was bought from underneath him because the investors had a controlling interest in it. It was a big healthcare company that you know um, bought his software. He actually still works. He makes really good money because he works in the investment space. But he was such a good person that he could have kept all that money. When, on his cash out, when they cashed him out to buy out the company, instead of him keeping all that money, he paid the people that first invested in him what he told him he was going to pay them. And, I, like, I, like, that's honorable to me. But his, now, he, now he knows, you know, his next business venture, when he decides to go into it, you know, he knows, okay, maybe not make these crazy promises to people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe not give
2: them these crazy return investments. Like, let me give them, you know, I know I really, really wouldn't need the money, but let me put it in more logical terms. And so now when my next business sells, like, I'm going to keep more of that money.
0: Yeah. You know what is crazy? uh you talking about that i heard of a guy uh wanted to a baseball player wanted a chocolate milk and he's like hey all right well if you give me one percent of whatever you make uh when you sign i'll give you this chocolate milk signed it on a napkin the dude really had to give it to him which ended up being like sixty thousand dollars or something wild when the dude actually got signed to a baseball contract it's just man it's crazy man like You know, and people, you know, and that's what people don't like, that failure thing. But I feel like in life, you really don't know if you failed until we take our last breath. So if yesterday it didn't work, if tomorrow it don't work, 10 years from now, if it works, did you fail? No. It's just in the moment you did. But I think what happens with a lot of people is that when some shit just doesn't go right, they just stop. And, you know, they don't know the possibility because they give up they just like nah it ain't work and like you said that's seven times you know i live by nipsey hustle the marathon continues because the marathon is a long ass race you may start out good that middle you get out tired the end you almost dead but when you complete it you like oh shit like i actually did it so you know it's just like hey we just got to keep going man and just keep working and keep you know being strong but last thing before i get you out of here man um the computer science now you went to UC Irvine for computer science right yeah and that's yeah, so why did my undergrad in and- talk about black people in computer science like developing apps and stuff like that tell us why more young black people should be invested in that and really like because I have a family member shout out to Lou Duke that you know I told you about a while back he uh, I think he did i don't know if he ended up going to uc irvine or where he went but right now he got uh two possible job offers and one of them is for fucking nasa so like yeah like space yeah. like literally taking the fuck off out of this world like and that's all computer science man so he's a young black dude yeah. what he did he took like that you know like hey, we want to get a couple of minority kids he used that shit to his advantage and that's what i tell people when they come to school, take every loophole to your advantage so you don't get fucked. Fuck them. You don't get fucked. You take all their money, all their grants, their scholarships. You're black, and we need one black guy. man. Whatever it takes to get your right. So, for young black kids in computer science, what do you say to them?
2: And I guess I any young black kid out there, if you can get the chance to learn, you know how to develop how to write coal like the computer science. Computer science is um, is a much broader term. Right? That's a lot of math, a lot of science, um, along with programming and development. But there's a lot of things you can take right now and do for free. You can learn how to code. I was teaching kids how to code in elementary school, literally working on projects with kids like six, seven, eight years old, teaching them how to code. And they were learning how to build websites and build programs. And like that skill set and that knowledge that you learn is going to greatly benefit you in, in the long run. Right? You're going to Even if you like, I don't do code anymore, right? I do business. But because I went through that path, like I know algorithms. I know tech. I can go talk to tech businesses and explain to them in their own terms how to, you know, how they need to do things, how how this is going to work out for them, why they should pay me. And you combine a skill like tech with business because business you can always learn later. Tech is difficult. So you want to learn that when you're young. And then you can you can balance those two skills out. You'll never have to work, you know, a regular job again in your life. Like, you can always set your own, you know, hours. You can always land a job if you need a job. It's just you, you, you're you so much more in control of your life when you learn how to do development and get tech skills and then later on in life get your business skills. I recommend all the, all the young kids out there, if you're listening, like, go to, go to school, learn how to do that. And if you, you can't go to school, look it up on YouTube somebody on YouTube will teach you how to write code and there's some that you don't have to pay for, op, for, um, for development environments anymore. Like you can just download it and then for free and then learn how to code for free all from your, your laptop or your, your tablet.
0: Yes. That is amazing, man. And before we get out of here, I try to do this for my guests, man. Speak it into existence, man, what do you want out of your life for yourself? Man, for me, um, what I want out of my life is complete freedom for me and my friends and my family.
2: So, I I I, I want to be able to provide the opportunity to, for people to do exactly what is they want to that they want to do. Like everybody doesn't want to be rich. Everybody doesn't want to be a billionaire. Some people really want to go, you know, in the middle of Egypt and digging holes and discovering, you know, mummies and shit. Right? But everybody can't do that. And if I if I knew, if I have the ability to make that possible for somebody, like that would be that will make me happy. So that's kind of what I want: is freedom for me, my friends, and my family to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do in life, where where basically some money isn't an issue.
0: Man, love it, man. Appreciate you, man. And this is recorded. Yeah. La la la.
1: this dark booth and all yeah i'm getting like light, light, scrolling down these notes in my iphone light, speaking life gotta give the people hope through this music and let them know that they're not alone on this microphone recording the realest i ever did written even sicker than when i was admitted i let them lift this weight off my shoulders And it needed some closure The reason why I wrote this Can't litter for a letter word Get the best of me Talking about the fear Won't let it be the death of me No, nah. Jesus said he got a will for me He said i die for you know where you live for me uh. I said I shall not die La, 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 la. But live to proclaim the works of the Lord I said I shall not die To love. This is for everyone that deal with depression. Questioning in my worth they searching, looking for purpose. Feel like giving up when you feel like nothing ain't working. Life full of pain, heartbroken, and feeling hopeless. Yeah. I tell you that the devil is a lie. Let him know Christ in you when he alive. We gotta rise, walk in the faith we believe in. Speak in the name of Jesus over diseases that's trying to eat us. Gotta spread the light, gotta spread the light. Uh, the depth and life, meaning I'm good tomorrow if I go tonight, I, I, I said I shall not die, la, 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 but live to proclaim the works of the Lord, I said I shall not die, la, 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 but live to proclaim the works of the Lord, just know God ain't through. And hey, look at everything you been through And you don't look like what you been through Cause I love a crisis in you yeah. You will overcome Let his will be done Gotta have faith, have faith, yeah I know he'll make a way I said I shall not die La 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 But live to proclaim the works of the Lord I said I shall not die Greg, this is mom. Just calling to let you know how blessed and thankful I am to have you in my life. We've been through so much trials and tribulations. You've made me cry. You've made me laugh. You've made me want to kill you. But through it all, you are mine. And I love you. And I'm so blessed to just have you in my life, being my inspiration each and every day, day by day. Thank you for that blessing. And thank you for just being there. And I am so grateful For you, be grateful, grateful for it will be all right.